Kara, massive shout out and thank you to all the essential workers, the doctors, the nurses, the firefighters, the police, the truck drivers, the courier drivers, the supermarket workers, the farmers, everyone who is basically keeping our nation uh, alive and, and well in this really crazy time. And a massive thank you to RNZ for all of the amazing journalism keeping us informed, which is my wife and I listening to it all day every day and thank you very much to Indira for this podcast it's very well made and I look forward to it every day so thank you very much you're, you're keeping us keeping us sane you're welcome Aaron we wish you and the rest of Aotearoa a very happy Easter and thanks to everyone working throughout this holiday we're so grateful for everything you're doing to keep our country safe we hope you get a break soon I'm Indira Stewart and welcome to the RNZ Coronavirus Podcast. Keep sending in your messages of support through our RNZ Vox Pop app. It's free to download and easy to use. Later we'll hear from research group the Punaha Matatini about new modelling of COVID-19 cases in the country. But first, the headlines. I have no hesitation saying that what New Zealanders have done over the last two weeks is huge. In the face of the greatest threat to human health that we have faced in over a century, Kiwis have quietly and collectively implemented a nationwide wall of defence. The total number of cases has fallen for the last four days. There's 29 cases today. The lowest daily number of cases since the 23rd of March before the lockdown began. You are breaking the chain of transmission and you did it for each other. As a government, we have had pandemic notices. We've had powers that come with being in a national emergency. But you held the greatest power of all. You made the decision that together we could protect one another, and you have. You have saved lives. Carpine, New Zealand. As the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says, the number of new cases of COVID-19 as of yesterday is 29. That's nearly half what we had on Wednesday. New modelling from research group the Punaha Matatini reveals that New Zealand dodged the bullet of potentially hundreds of more cases, if not for the lockdown. But one of the report authors, Sean Hendy, also says Level 4 needs to be extended longer if we're to eliminate COVID-19 in the country. We'll hear more from him later. Of course, no decision on a longer lockdown has been made yet. Jacinda Ardern says that will only happen on the 20th of April. That's two days before Level 4 status is set to end. She says even if it does end, it's not going to be straight back to life as normal. When we're in the position to move from Alert Level 4, um, it will only be from there to Alert Level 3. So life will still be different. We do want to ease our restrictions. But if we move too quickly and loosen up too quickly, uh, we will be back to the beginning. No one wants to be in alert level four longer than we need to. So that's why we need to be so careful as we exit it. Next week, the government will be providing more specific guidelines on what level three will look like for New Zealand, including which businesses will be able to operate in the meantime, our border restrictions have tightened. Every New Zealander boarding a flight to return home will be required to undergo quarantine or what we have called managed isolation in an approved facility 
for a minimum of 14 days. I'm also signalling that the requirement for 14 days of quarantine or managed self-isolation in a government-approved facility will be a prerequisite for anyone entering the country in order to keep the virus out. Remember, we already had self-isolation requirements for overseas travellers prior to this. But this means that now, everyone who arrives in New Zealand must stay at a government-approved location for 14 days. Quarantine is for anyone with COVID-19 symptoms or who are being tested. They won't be allowed outside. Managed isolation is for everyone else. They'll only be able to go outside for exercise. The Prime Minister says it's a safety precaution to make sure that they don't have the virus. Nearly 40,000 New Zealanders have returned home since the 20th of March when we closed the border to foreign nationals. That is more than all of the hotel rooms across the country that we could have properly housed people in. There has always been urgency around this matter, but simply put, we could not have done it from the beginning. But we can and are doing it now. A network of up to 18 hotels will be used to implement this approach, of which one to two will be specifically set aside for those under strict quarantine conditions. The government is also developing a new contact tracing app. It is in the early stages. It will have basic functionality, but even that will be important as it will help update our national health database with users' contact details. Then they will look to add functions. We are investigating the Singaporean government's Bluetooth-based app Trace Together that can record interactions between a phone and any other phones nearby that have the app installed. I should caution, though, that it will often pick up phones at quite a distance, so it's not perfect technology. The data is stored on the phone, and if the user tests positive, they then release the data to the government for contact tracing. Close contacts can then be automatically notified of their need to self-isolate and be tested. The government says once any app is set up, it would be voluntary, and information would only be used if someone tested positive for COVID-19. Jacinda Ardern says New Zealand has already expressed interest with the Singaporean government over their app, and she's spoken to their Prime Minister, Lee Shen Long, about the technology. So, new modelling released today is a great confidence boost that we're all doing the right thing, and it's working. The paper published by Te Punaha Matatini on Thursday showed that if we weren't in Level 4 lockdown, the number of new cases each day would be more than 150 by now, jumping to 350 a day by the middle of next week. That's a scary alternate reality. Thankfully, elimination of COVID-19 in New Zealand is in our sights, although not without some more hurdles. Our RNZ In-Depth reporter Kate Newton spoke to one of the authors of the paper, Sean Hendy. We're on track. If we if we stay the course, you know, if we're prepared to stay in lockdown for, uh, for long enough, um, then we've got a very high chance of eliminating. Right, right. And when you say for long enough, sort of how long are you talking about at the moment? On the yeah, well, I, th- I think... Yeah, I mean, I, I think to be absolutely certain, we kind of, you know, we, we are looking beyond uh, four weeks. Um, but I think that will be updated as we watch case numbers come in over the next week. Um, and, you know, that will ultimately be the government's decision. I mean, we're also looking at, at um, if parts of the country could come off lockdown 
uh, uh, earlier than other other parts of the country. Right, um, right. Some and, of those DHPs we talked about where there's been yeah, know, very few yep. or no increase in cases. Yeah. Yeah, and so we're still we're still doing that work at the moment, and so it may be that that um, uh, again, you know, I guess we've said this before, but it may be that uh, uh, some parts of the country come out earlier because we're not seeing cases, we're not seeing community spreads and, uh, spread in some parts of the country. Just in terms of the, the the kind of cases saved or the cases prevented, you're talking about sort of an, an excess of 150 per day, sort of today you know, a couple yep. of days ago. So sort of overall, I mean, doing a kind of very sort of rough count up, we're looking at what, maybe a thousand extra cases that, that uh, kind of have been prevented through the effects of the lockdown? Yeah, yeah, something something like that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually done that particular mess. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. It'd be, it'd be, you know, five, um, five to six hundred, something like that. And 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 the reason why that's important is it, is it means that, you know, our... Um, our contact traces uh, are you know, getting more and more able to stay on top of the case numbers. So even though, you know, say our health system could have coped um, with those extra numbers, the fact that we're that the numbers are coming down rather than growing means we are getting on top of it. Right, and especially looking at sort of, you know, maybe next week or, or you know, maybe 10 days down the track, that that yep. line is kind of getting up to what, sort of an excess of 350 cases a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and then we enter the territory that we've seen other countries get into, um, where you know where you get that exponential growth in numbers. Yeah. Um, so so it's really encouraging that we don't seem on we're not on that track um, to have exponential growth in numbers, and that's that's fantastic. That's that's our reward for the hard work of of going into lockdown. Right. Just um, on to the other thing that the, the little draft release mentions is the the simulation kind of looked at rapid tracing, testing, case isolation yep. versus slower yep. uh, slower process for all of that. Are you able to give me a bit of a, a, dif, a definition or differentiation between what you consider rapid and what you consider slow? Yeah, so, so early on, and so the data we've got um, is that Basically, people are being going into isolation about two days after they develop symptoms, and so the, we 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 said that was fast because that's actually quite a lot faster than some of the um, the what, what's happening overseas. Um, and so slow was slow was uh, you know slow case isolation is, is more what we're seeing in in, in the US and the UK where this you know these systems have really been overwhelmed. And they're dealing with much larger numbers. Um, mm. So the fact that we've, you know, so so actually we've been doing it pretty rapidly, um, uh, and I think we've been able to sustain that because we've gone into lockdown early, um, and that's taken that's taken a load off. You know, that 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 means there's just simply less work for our um, contract traces to to perform, and and that that's led to this this what we call the rapid contact tracing. So in terms of the different testing strategies, and there's been a bit of talk about this in the last couple of days about what that might look like and the kind of technology yep. that you can use. Um, so when you're talking about you know, different testing strategies, can you talk me through what what you mean by that, some of the examples? Yeah. So, there's, so there has been some discussion of, as to whether we should be doing random sampling of the community. Um, you know, we, we know that some people are, can spread, you know, they're still infectious while they don't have symptoms. Um, and so that that means there can be an invisible spread 
um, through the community. And so people have been worrying about that and wondering, you know, are there are there ways we could test uh, that maybe reveal that um, that hidden community spread, um, and that would you know that would that would increase our chances of elimination if we could do that. And so um, so random um, sampling is probably not going to do that, um, but we think you know through the lockdown period. If there are these invisible chains of transmission taking place that we're, that we're not seeing yet, it's probably people who are in um, contact with lots of other people um, mm. that, 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 that might be spreading it. And so we think you know, a, a testing strategy that focused on, on people at, at, at higher risk um, of being exposed would, would be a good one if we've got excess testing capacity. And, and certainly yeah. as numbers come down, we'll probably find that we, we, we've got some spare capacity and it may be that we can employ that to you know, really be sure that, um, that actually we're, we're, we're eliminating um, you know, rather, than, rather than letting the sort of invisible spread go on for longer. Right, right. And, uh, would you say that the, the chances of that invisible spread happening are sort of, you know, becoming less and less likely? I mean, yes, yes, in general. I mean, it's we, we're still not quite sure how the testing is is varying across the country. Um, there's been issues around, um, you know, getting getting reporting back from from um, different DHBs. So yes, that's a qualified yes. <laughs> um, that actually, you know, the longer the longer we go on through lockdown, the longer we're not finding it through testing, uh, the better. But if we wanted to accelerate that, um, then then that that kind of alternative testing strategy we think would be an effective one. Right, and that would be what like healthcare workers and maybe even supermarket workers. Also. Yeah, supermarket. Yeah, exactly. People people who who um, are still still interacting with lots of other people. Um, and who have a higher chance of, of, um, of becoming infected. That was Sean Hendy from Te Punaha Matatini talking to our in-depth reporter, Kate Newton. We hope you have a wonderful Easter weekend, Aotearoa. Stay home, be kind. Ngā mihi o te aranga, he te rāhina, kia haumaru, kia kaha. The Coronavirus Podcast is presented by me, Indira Stewart. It's produced by William Ray, Jesse Chang and Sonia Sly. Our sound engineer is Adrian Holley and the executive producer is Tim Watkin. You can subscribe to the Coronavirus Podcast anywhere and it's free. Just go to the podcast and series page at rnz.co.nz.